comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner, Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old lonesome road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right, and thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up, relax, and hold on tight, because here we go. Church on the Road, right here on your favorite radio station. We have Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band, and they are going to entertain us. And eight tracks. Dave Wilco wants to know if you got any eight tracks. Hey, look here, Dave. You recognize that? We're raffling that off this year. I'm hoping you're going to win it, and you can take it back to the truck show, and I can win it again. That's where I got it. From your booth at the truck show, I figure if we could recycle this thing about three or four times, we could make some money to do ministry. What do you think, brother? <laughs> so make sure you uh, buy some chances to win this. Uh, what is a service cart, man? It's, it's a tool cart. I, I don't have any tools, so uh, all I've got is CDs. So we're going to raffle it off somebody knows how to use a tool. Well, we got a little technical difficulty. Who wants to give a testimony real quick uh, from uh, somebody first time, first time ever been here? Who we got? Come on, Nathan. This is Nathan Hudgens. He's a brand new chaplain for Channel Twenty One Ministries. And uh, tell them about your ministry. Well, as he said, I'm Nathan Hudgens. I'm with Pure Gospel Radio Magazine and Promotions. We go under Pure Gospel Media. But first of all, I want to give our Lord and Savior praise, honor, and glory for saving an old wretch like me. I don't deserve it. If I didn't, if I got what I ought to get, I'd bust hell wide open. But I'm thank God tonight or today, whatever it is. That June the 1st, 1987, as a teenage boy, God reached way down. Pulled my feet up out of the solid right of the mud, put them on a solid rock, gave me something to shout about, lift his name up. Hey, I'm thankful for the ministry that he placed me in, but I'm thankful that I got to travel across this country in a semi-truck, haul campers across this country and tell others about Jesus Christ. I'm glad, glory to God, that I'm born again on my way to a place called heaven. I'm glad that I'm saved and washed in the Lamb's blood.
Him. I'm glad I can lift my hand and say, whoop, glory, hallelujah. Thank you for letting me be a part. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody want to follow that? <laughs> All right. We'll let Roger follow that then. tell you something did you know by the way for you artists that are here and don't know this devil don't like you matter of fact he hates you how about we just do a little Christian redneck music now we I've heard that we've had people some from north I'm not going to say Yankees because you know Oh, I did say it, didn't I? <clears throat> now, I'm from Kentucky. How many, let's see, I, I see a Georgia boy. You don't have to clap for Georgia. You can't clap on time anyway if you're from Georgia. How many are any further south than Georgia? Let's see. Louisiana? Florida? I'm not even... Uh, you was redneck even if you ain't from Texas. <laughs> All right, so Appalachian American means redneck. Y'all understand, right? Even if you ain't been out in the fields and you ain't got red on the back of your neck, if you listen to certain kinds of music, do certain things, Jeff Foxworthy just got rich on somebody else's idea. <laughs> I did not know that rednecks were popular until he got popular. We was doing things that was redneck a long time before he made it popular. Uh, 
Pepsi and peanuts? Yeah. Or Coke and peanuts? RC and, RC and moon pies? All right. Bologna and crackers? Pickled bologna and crackers? All right. Well, well, a friend of mine wrote this song. He said, hey, Rod, you got to hear this song. I said, oh, cool. You going to let me record it? He said, not yet. <laughs> then why are you letting me hear it? How many Christian rednecks have we got in here? How many believe that our God is a mighty rushing wind? If you really believe it, raise your other hand. Now let me see you go back and forth. All right, now if this computer works the way it's supposed to work, in just a minute you're going to hear us kick off a song. It says... Folks call me crazy That's all right with me Well, some folks even hate me I don't let it bother me They call me the rebel That's the way talking a few minutes ago and she was talking about people need to take care of things whether it be with your family with your friends your parents your grandparents whatever it may be we're seeing a we're seeing a world that's a lot of trouble families are killing each other we're seeing all kinds of things. 
working as a deputy coroner, I've seen many things here in the last month. And no matter what, what the problem may be, we're to love each other. And we need to be the type of Christian that we take the first step. No matter what happens, if, they don't, if there's something that needs to be fixed, apologize for whatever, if they don't accept it, you've taken that step. We as Christians have got to stand up. And we have to let other people see Jesus in us. I'm going to do a song that talks about loving people. I hope, and it's not about how it's sung or nothing else. It's about the words. So, but, you know, just last week, there was a lady, Eastern Kentucky, decided to go take a mother, a grandmother, and a 15-year-old's life for no reason. She took the coward way out. She took her life, too. That's the coward way. Too many things we're seeing on a daily basis. You know, they tell you that drug overdoses are down. I'm going to tell you that's false information. We've already surpassed our drug deaths in our county. And it's nothing three, four, three, five, six, seven, eight times a week my phone's going off for an overdose. They're not being truthful about this. And then we come out with Narcan. Narcan's okay if it's used right, but we're enticing these people. Okay, use drugs, and as long as you got this close by, you're going to be okay. Too much false information, but that's the way of the world, and that's the devil. So if you have that problem with somebody, fix it. Stay close to the people that you love, that, that God gave you because one day he's going to want them back. It may be today. It may be in the next 10 minutes. Maybe tomorrow. We don't know. We're not promised anything. We take it for granted, but it's not promised. can't believe he's gone Thought he'd be here forever One more time, time proved me wrong It was just a week ago Thought I should call and say Reminded once again, life's a vapor in the wind. Love the people that God gives you, they're a gift that heaven sent. Live and laugh and make some memories. Treasure every moment spent Cause none of us are here forever That's a proven fact Love the people that God gives you Cause one day you'll want them back each day the mirror tells a story I wondered where the time has gone Children playing round the table Now have children of their own There may be things you need to say 
today is still today. You have a chance to hold them close. One more chance to let them know. Love the people that God gives you. They're a gift that heaven sent. Live and laugh and make some memories. Treasure every moment spent. Cause none of us are here forever. That's a proven fact. Love the people that God gives you. Cause one day you'll want them back. Roger Barkley and Redemption Band, they're awesome, and we appreciate them every year. They've been with us for a whole lot of years. Roger does all kinds of work for us. Uh, he, he's helped me with the cards and the, uh, the radio station. He's he done it all, and uh, uh, I don't know where we'd be without him. So uh, the devil doesn't like him, hates him, and uh, he's fighting him every step of the way on that computer right now. And so, but we appreciate Roger and everything he does. Uh, hey, uh, I was reminded a while ago, uh, somebody said uh, they was trying to find the feed on Facebook. So make sure you share the feed on Facebook right now. We got a long ways to go yet. We're just getting started. We got people still coming in and uh, still traveling this way. And we're going to have uh, a great conference uh, Today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And my pastor, Rick Hayes, is with us tonight, and he's going to bring us a message. Uh, you know, we're talking about, talking about church. We're talking about revival. We're talking about spreading the gospel all across the country and uh, stretching a net across America and around the world. And that's what we got to do. We gotta, the revival starts right here, right here in each one of us. We can have revival, just like we've seen across the country, and they're already dying out. Well, don't let the revival die out in you. When you get on fire for God, don't let anybody stop you from sharing the, the gospel message, just like Nathan was doing. Man, he, he jumped up, and he, he shared his heart, and that's what each and every one of us have to do. We have to have revival in our lives we have to touch whoever we come in contact with with the gospel message. And we're touching lives right now through this Facebook feed and the people in here. Everybody in here is going to take CDs, cards, and Bibles and books out of here, and we're going to spread them all across America. And that's what God has called each one of us to do, to be that light that shines brightly wherever we are. Yeah. We want to have a good time here, but this is just to fire us up, to keep us on fire so that we will take the gospel message and spread it everywhere we go. And we can do that. Each and every one of us can do that. Amen? Amen. All right. Pastor Rick Hayes, uh, he's, he's an awesome man of God, uh, preaches 
great messages. And uh, if uh, you haven't heard any of his messages, we've got them on CD out there. Make sure you take them with you. We're also uh, orchardvillechurch.com uh, or oldchurch.com. You can uh, log on to our, the website and listen to the messages online. And uh, we've got, we got them on Lonesome Road Radio. So, Pastor Rick Hayes, would you come up here and bring the message that God has laid on your heart tonight? Amen. I appreciate Gary and Lonesome Road Ministries for allowing me to be here today. Oh, I'm excited. You guys are fired up for Jesus in here. I know that. I can tell that already after about 30 minutes in here. So it's great to be here. Um, my background a little bit, I was in youth ministry for 13 years working with teenagers. Uh, I know. Pray for me from those times. But I would always tell people I'd rather deal with teenage attitudes than the little bitty ones that had snotty noses and all that stuff. So I worked in youth ministry for 13 years, uh, four of that out at Orchardville before I was voted in as the pastor. Been there for the last two and a half years as the pastor. Um, and God's doing great things out there. He is, and he's doing great things in here today and throughout this weekend. I know he's going to be moving in a powerful way. And again, I thank Gary for having me out. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. Have you ever been caught off guard by something? <laughs> Probably all of us, right? Or something surprised you, or it was something you weren't expecting, someone shouting, or a snake goes across. In front. I, I hate snakes. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind mice and spiders, but I don't like snakes. But maybe it's a mouse, spider, choking on something. But on the other side of that, we have things that we prepare for that we know they're coming, so we can anticipate them. Like, you know, if you're at a track meet, none of us are lately, but a gun going off before they start a race, we anticipate that. Or when a balloon pops, you kind of cover your ears. Thunder from a thunderstorm, loud noise from something dropping, someone yelling at you when they're angry. You can see it in their face. It's coming, right? A car honking their horn. But, but what about in life? You know, has something ever caught you off guard or surprised you? Maybe it was a health situation that you were facing. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was a, bo a baby born with health issues or losing a baby to miscarriage. That's me sudden death of a family member or a friend, or you're totally caught off guard and shocked by what is happening in your life and you weren't prepared at all for it. And then again, on the other side of that, we have things that happen in life that we are kind of expecting and we're prepared for. Maybe you know I've got some health situations going on. Maybe you know um, an accident from a vantage point of it's about to happen. You're expecting it to happen. You see it in front of you, a baby born with a health issue, and you know it ahead of time so you can kind of prepare yourself for it or a family member who's been sick for a long time, so you expect the end to be drawing near. Some of these things you can prepare for, and you can come to expect them. But when these sudden or unexpected things come up in life, do you know that we can have a part in preparing for them? We can prepare for those things. Whether they're expected or unexpected, we can prepare ourselves. And the way we prepare for those things that are unexpected or expected is found in the measure of faith we have in God before they happen. I'm responsible for my preparation for things that I'm going to go through in life. That's on me to stay close to the Lord and be prepared for those things. My faith in God during unexpected storms will help determine how I will respond to that storm. And a lot of people in the middle of a storm quit on God. We are not to quit on God. We are to endure through those things because he is with us. And we prepare for those things. Have I prepared for life's unexpected storms by feeding my faith before those things come up? Or will I be caught in the middle of the storm and forget the faith that I thought I had? And all too often that happens with people. So this afternoon, if you will, please turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It's a familiar story. And again, we're all going to face storms in life. We know that, but what happens to us when those storms are unexpected? How are we going to respond? So I want to dive into that this afternoon. Unexpected storms, Mark 4, 35 through 41. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. 
and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, we just, again, I thank you for the opportunity to be here to share your word, God. I want to thank you, Father, for your word that that speaks life, Father. It is alive, it's active, and it's still true today and in the years to come, Father. And we just thank you for this amazing group of people that are gathered here for this weekend. And Father, I pray right now that you help me through the power of your Holy Spirit to speak this word with clarity, speak it with authority, Father, with passion and liberty in this place today, and help our minds and our hearts, Father, to be locked in on who you are today. We just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you a little bit about my story real quick and an unexpected storm. Last year on May 10th, my wife and our immediate family went through an unexpected storm. Uh, My son, Jackson, had just turned 17 last year on May 10th. And he complained to us a few days before that about his head hurting and his left foot was was hurting him. We kind of... You know, gave him some Tylenol and things for a couple of days. Ended up, it, the pain was so excruciating in his head, we took him over to Cardinal Glennon in St. Louis and found out that he had a brain abscess. Unexpected storm to the Hayes family. A couple of weeks go by and they're treating that, uh, draining it, giving antibiotics, getting things settled. Thought we were going home after about 15, 16 days and he starts developing some complications after they had done a surgery to try to drain that. Gets a blood clot in his coronary artery and he dies twice. Unexpected storm, right in the middle of it. They bring him back the second time after about 10 minutes, uh, but the damage had been done to his heart. And for 62 days total, we, we sat together in Cardinal Glennon Hospital Praying and praying and praying for God to heal him. And on July 11th last year, my son went to be with Jesus. Unexpected storm. But through this storm, I can stand up here today, and I know I'm struggling through, but the Holy Spirit began to speak to me on the subject of unexpected storms, and I was reminded of this story in the Gospel of Mark. And we see in verse 35, as evening comes, Jesus tells them, let's go over to the other side. And and Jesus and his disciples, they just spent all day together as Jesus was teaching and preaching different parables from this boat at the seashore. And now Jesus tells them, let's take the boat, let's travel at night to the other side. And you have to think that you know, maybe he wanted to travel at night not to waste any time. He was about ministry and loving people and praying with people. He knew that he had more ministry to do on the other side as soon as it would come daylight. And the ministry of Jesus never stopped when he walked this earth, and it never stops today. We are, we are still ministering in Jesus' name, and he was always about his father's business. There wasn't time to just take a day off and stop his mission. And that'll preach if I wanted to go that way. <laughs> Because we have a lot of lazy Christians that don't want to stay about the Father's business throughout every single day of their lives. We need to also be about our Father's business every single day. We can't take days off with our faith. We, we can't afford to. This world is a mess right now, as my brother just mentioned a little bit ago. And the last thing we need to do as believers is shrink back away from the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. We cannot sit back and do anything and just think we can take a day off. We have a world to reach. We have family members to reach. And we have the answer for the world. And that's hurt. They're hurting. It's, it's so ugly. It's mixed up in all the things that are contrary to the word of God. So we can't afford to take those days off. And then it goes on in verse 36. They took him along with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. So they didn't really prepare. Don't you love it when God just sends you out to do something and you're not prepared for it? <laughs> They didn't even leave the ship they were on, the boat they were on. He had been teaching all day from that spot, and now he says, let's go immediately 
to the other side. In verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And again, this was no great surprise based on where the Sea of Galilee was located. There was always, it was in a deep basin and the winds would sweep across the lake and sudden storms would happen quite often. So they're smack dab in the middle of it and the boats begin to fill up with water. They're caught in the unexpected storm. Not unexpected from the aspect of it happening in this area, but the strength and the might of the storm surprised them and gave them fear. And when I look at that, I want to ask you guys, have you ever had an unexpected storm just pop up out of nowhere in life? It happens often to us, even as believers. I mean, we're sailing along, life's going great, and then boom, here comes a storm that knocks us off our feet. So strong, so fierce that you thought it was going to take you under. Now, I will tell you as a pastor, my heart was hurt when my boy passed away last year. I mean, crushed to the point where I wanted to quit this. And I know that doesn't speak much for my faith, but I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> but I was, I was defeated. I was crushed. I was suicidal because I was my boy. And it hurt. And it was unexpected. And we've been there. We understand those things. And you may be there right now at this very moment in this place right now tonight. Storms in the life of a believer can take the form of sickness, financial burdens, relationship struggles, fear, anxiety, worry, death of a loved one, just to name a few things that we go through. And we know storms because we live in a fallen world. We are, we're going to have to go through some things because this world is broken. And during a storm of life, we suddenly get a glimpse of what is hiding in our hearts. So we want to see what the disciples do as this unexpected storm begins to rock their world and mess them up. And keep in mind, Jesus had just spent all day sowing seeds into their hearts of the disciples. So those seeds were about to be tested. I'm pouring into you guys. I'm telling you what my ministry is about. And, and he's doing this. And now they're going to be tested. Verse 38, but he was stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now again, Jesus had just finished a long day of ministry and was in a deep sleep in the stern of the ship during the storm. It's raging, tossing this, this boat back and forth, and it's beginning to fill up, and Jesus is knocked out, gone, asleep. The storm did not even disturb him. Now, ladies, is, is your husband like that? <laughs> he can sleep through anything. There could be a tornado come through the house, and he wouldn't even know it. That's how my dad is. <laughs> but have you ever been in the middle of a storm, and you felt like Jesus was sleeping? That's what I felt back on May 10th to July 11th. Where are you at? You're nowhere to be found in this, and you feel like you're... You're battling this storm alone, whatever you're going through in life. You're doing it on your own, and the storm did not even disturb his sleep. And you ask questions like, and I'll be honest with you guys, I'll be real. That's one of the things, since I've been pastoring, I'm just real because people appreciate real. And they don't want the fluff. If you're going through stuff, it's good to share it and be real with people because we're all human, and we all struggle, and we all have hurts and pains. But I ask questions like, why are you ignoring us, God? And that's exactly where we find these disciples in this moment. These disciples have been traveling around with Jesus before this. They knew his strength. They knew his power. They knew his teachings and healings. And yet here they are panicking and confused at why the Lord would be asleep as if he didn't care about what was about to happen to them. And we are in the same boat that the disciples are in right now at times in our lives. We know the teachings of Jesus. We know his word. We know how he heals. We know how powerful he is. We know his promises from the living word of God. Yet when storms come, we panic and we ask, where are you? Where are you? Do you not care that we're perishing in the midst of the storm? Even as Christians, we're guilty of, of magnifying the storm instead of magnifying the one who can bring peace in the middle of the storm. So we know that although they have been with Jesus through a lot of good and powerful things already, their faith seems to be lacking in this moment. And they had at least had some sort of faith to go ahead and call him, Jesus, please wake up. They had some kind of faith to call on him. 
But their faith was weak because they thought they were going to perish with the Son of God in the boat with them. The unbelief and fear struck them so deeply that they forgot their place. They forgot who they were in him. Me too. I forgot last year who I was in Jesus. And I can sympathize with the disciples instead of judging their lack of faith because, again, this was me. And I want to tell you right now, Jesus is not asleep during the middle of your storm. According to Romans 8.34, he is at the right hand of God and he is making intercession on our behalf right now. Amen. Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus. And at that name of Jesus, even the winds and the waves obey him. And this was, this was amazing to see for them. This was so unusual for the water after a storm because even when a storm calms down, you still know that the water is stirred up and disturbed for quite a bit of time afterwards, but not when Jesus spoke to it. Peace, be still. And it was all over. Everything gets calm because Jesus was in control of it all. He may have been asleep, but his heart was fully awake. He was trying the faith of his disciples, and he was trying to stir something up in their prayers, and he knew that this was coming. And I want to just mention something right here. I don't know where everybody goes to church at, but churches can go through storms as well. And sometimes we can feel like as, as a church that Jesus is asleep and he's not listening to what's going on. But I'm here to tell you that he is listening. He hears your cries. He hears your prayers. He sees us. He knows what's going on. And we have to remember that we always have a master who is with us. He is with us. And a church that remembers to keep the main thing the main thing, though it may be tossed back and forth, though it may get beat up a little bit, it will not sink because the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Jesus is awakened by the prayers of his people, and I thank him for that. The Holy Spirit is not only with us, but he is in us. The disciples only had Jesus with them in the boat, but today we have the Spirit of Christ living in us. Through whatever storm we face, whatever we're going up against, we cannot forget this as believers, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I wish today I could stand up here and say that faith is always my first response. But I'm being truthful with you guys. Sometimes it's not. Especially when the storms of life are raging on all sides and you feel like you're sinking. But I'm so, glad, I'm so thankful, I'm so glad that Jesus still extends us kindness, grace, and mercy even in the midst of my doubt. He's still there. We have to get this ingrained deep into our hearts that God's word is final. And when he gives a word, he doesn't change it because the storms of life come our way. And some of you are probably thinking, Rick, your son died. But he's living forever. <laughs> and I believe storms are a testing of our faith. The test is to see if we will hold on to God's promises or will we give in to fear. Do we look to God first or do we rely on ourselves? Do we keep our eyes on him or do we focus on the wind and the waves? God doesn't hold things against us, but I do believe he wants us to mature in our walk with him. He would love for us to, to face a storm and stand right in the middle of it and have complete faith that he's going to make a way. And even if he doesn't deliver you out of the storm, he's with you in the storm. And he comes through. He comes through. Goodness. It's also worth noting that the disciples wake him with an accusation. They weren't asking for mercy. They were saying, we're not even sure you care about us right now. Anybody been there with God before? Anybody else want to be honest in this room? You ever been frustrated or confused by what he was doing in your life at that moment? Maybe you're like me and at times you ask these questions like, why did you allow this to happen to me, God? When is this going to end? Why have you done this to me? Or you get so far as to say, I'm done with you, God, and people have done that. When storms come when, and when and trials come, people quit on God. I've seen it happen. And sometimes that's how we choose to deal with the storms of life when they come our way. And I'm glad he doesn't leave us stranded 
even when we say things that we don't necessarily mean. I'm so thankful that back on July 11th and a few days after that, that God didn't hold things against me that I was frustrated with. And I tell people all the time that God can handle whatever I want to throw at him because he's God. (laughs) His heart is always for us, even when we can't see it in the midst of what we're going through. And I want you guys to remember today that even when you feel like this, don't stop running to the throne room of grace. Don't stop crying out to Jesus because he will help you. He is for you. He's not against you. He does love and care about you in the storm that you're in the middle of. Verse 4 said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And again, this is a natural reaction for us as, as humans. We, our flesh comes up sometimes and we get fearful. But we can't let, let, that, let that lead to unbelief that he will not do what he said he would do. And again, some people have talked to me and said, how do you still preach the gospel? How do you still stand on his word when what you prayed for in your son did not happen? And I'm quick to tell people because I feel like God dropped this in me when my son passed away and I preached his funeral hardest thing I've ever done, that God did not have 17 years in mind for my son. God had eternity in mind for him. And that helps me know where he's at. So whether it's three years, 17 years, 76 years, that's not what God has in mind. He has eternity for you in heaven in mind, for each one of us, if we will believe on him. And he will always come through in one way or another. Now, my son did not get healed. I don't know why. Those those things that aren't going to get answered. And when I make it to heaven, I'm not even going to probably ask that. I'm just going to say, where's my boy? (laughs) I know he's here. Where's he at? And it may take time to see it, but when he does it, he reminds you of how faithful he is and how he was always there in the midst of the storm. And he has to calm the storm around you first in order for you to hear his voice and remember his faithfulness. Faith gets rid of fear, but only in proportion to the amount of faith you have in him. Right? So finishing up this passage, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they were struck with great awe by what Jesus had done. They were like, what is going on here? Even the wind, the waves are obeying him. Psalm 89.9, you rule the raging sea. When its waves rise, you still them. And this afternoon, I want to remind you, if you're in the middle of a storm right now, you're in this part of your life, Acts 14.22 tells us strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Storms, in this world, you will have trouble. We know this. And a lot of pastors don't want to preach this kind of stuff that even when you're a Christian, you have to go through storms. We are doing people a disservice that come to the Lord and we we act like everything's going to be perfect because you're still going to have to go through things. But the difference is you've got Almighty God and the Holy Spirit inside of you getting you through those things. When you become a Christian, life doesn't get perfect, but you now have Jesus on your side. And you can make it through whatever storms come your way, even if it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to go through in life by burying your own child. Jesus himself was crucified. The Son of, man, the Son of God, the greatest, most perfect man to walk the earth, had to go through the storms as well. 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure... We shall also reign with him. And I think God uses difficulties and trials and storms to reveal how deep the word has got into our hearts. In the parable of the sower, Jesus told about seed falling in rocky places, but since they have no root, he said of these plants, they last only a short time. When troubles come, they quickly fall away. and, And Jesus didn't say if troubles come, when they come. It's going to happen. We're going to go through these storms so that we can grow deeper in him. In the middle of it, I don't want to run away from him. I want to run into his arms, into his peace, into his protection, into his strength. And he's going to teach me deeper and deeper in his ways that he's with me. He's not left me. 
In his book, uh, Fresh Power by Jim Cimbala, he says this, sometimes we think we're really getting sanctified. We're really growing in the Lord, and then a storm comes along to prove otherwise. When the sun's shining, everything's going great, you don't really know what kind of Christian you are. You don't know until those storms come, and they're going to reveal how close you are to the Lord. As close, as close, as close as you want to be, he is there. He is there. I'm going to close here. But I want you to know that faith can grow its best. It's grown its best in me when I faced this unexpected storm last year. And I know a lot of people that doesn't make sense. How can you say that? Your son passed away. Your family's crushed. Your wife's still struggling to cope with this. But I can say this because when we feed our faith in the midst of whatever we're going through, we're going to realize this isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. God is strengthening me. God is helping me through this. I'm going to be a walking testimony to people that are going through difficult storms because, again, and I'm not being selfish, I'm, I'm saying this is the hardest thing I will ever have to do as a person on this earth is watching my son suffer and die. Now I can turn around that and use that for good to help other people that are in the midst of that same kind of storm. I can say I made it through. It's not easy, but I made it through, and Jesus still loves me, and he still got me, and I'm going to be in heaven with my son again. I can tell people that. I can tell people that. Back at verse 35, as I close this, where this story started, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, this is something great to take out of this, and it's powerful. Jesus had already given them this word before the storm came. He already knew they were going to make it to the other side. And he's saying the same thing to you this afternoon. You might be going through something right now, but you can make it to the other side. Whatever you're dealing with right now, you have to feed your faith in this moment through studying God's word, through the worship that we're doing, through prayer, through coming together and caring for each other as a church, as a body of believers. You can make it through that storm. You can make it to the other side. If you guys would, I just want you to stand just for a minute. Now I'm going I'm to pray. I think we're going to have some music here playing softly. I just want you to bow your heads for a minute because I, I don't feel like on this day that I came in here to Lonesome Road Ministry that everybody in here has everything together and everything's perfect. I think the Lord gave this word because there's people in here, maybe people watching online that are in the middle of an unexpected storm and they're afraid and they're wondering what is going on, why is this happening? I've been faithful to you, Lord. I've been faithful through things. I've, I've, I've tried to preach your word. Why is this happening? And we can prepare as your heads are bowed. We can prepare for unexpected storms by doing these things, by praying, by being surrounded by other believers, by being in the word of God, by applying that word to your heart and your life. My son Jackson had made his preparations to meet his Savior. He made those preparations. The storm came, and he's now with Jesus. See, either way, we win. We win. Through this fallen world, when things happen like this and we don't understand them, Jackson still wins. The devil's defeated. This fallen world is not our home. So my son's walking the streets of gold and joy in heaven right now. He wins. He kept fighting with strength from God. He stayed true to God. And he was brave as he faced this storm. I asked him all the time in the hospital, son, are you staying strong? He said, yes, I am, and it's because of God. 
all the way until he couldn't talk anymore. He weathered the storm, and his reward was heaven. And my family can rest in that and have peace knowing that he's in the arms of Jesus. And I'm going to challenge you. Will you be better prepared for the next time that you face a storm? Maybe you're in it right now. Again, because the storms will come. They will come. Expect them or don't expect them. They will come. And you may be in the middle of one right now today. Are you prepared? Have you been ready? Have you been preparing yourself for what you're in the middle of right now? Are you clinging to Jesus in this? Lord, I pray with that that faith inside of them would rise up, Father, that would grow in their lives today. Right now, God, you see what everybody in here is dealing with. You see what people are struggling with, God, whatever, whatever it's families, fathers, financial, whatever it is, you see it. And you know, Father, you're right there with them in the boat. You are up to something good, Father. You're up to something good in this place, and hearts are going to be set free, Father. Hearts are going to realize that you've never left them. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would come and sweep through this place in a mighty way. Father, remind them they are not alone in this. Lord, let it settle in our hearts right now that we are not alone. We are not alone. Father, I pray that that faith rises up inside of us right now. Right now, if you're dealing with a storm, if you're in the middle of a struggle right now, and you need your faith to increase, you need your faith to rise up right now in the middle of it and be reminded that God is with you, he has you, and he sees you, I'm going to invite you to come up, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you and let you know that he's with you I've been through the hardest thing that I ever think I'll ever go through and God's still faithful I'm able to stand up here and say he's still faithful because he promised if we would believe in him that we would have eternal life my son believed on Jesus he has eternal life so if you're in a storm right now and you want to come up I want to pray with you and just encourage you this afternoon that you're not alone. He's with you. So as they sing, if you want to come, you're in the middle of something right now, you just need some encouragement, I'd love to pour into you. Father, do a work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, we never like to close any program without offering you the chance to give Jesus your heart. Pray with me right now if you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Just pray, Lord Jesus Forgive me for my sins. Lord, take out my old heart and give me a new heart, and I will live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Now, friends, if you would like to talk with Pastor Rick Hayes, or if you would like to talk with us here at Lonesome Road Ministry, give me a call, 618-383-2107. If you'd like for Pastor Rick to uh, pray with you, then let me know, and I'll make sure that Pastor Rick gets your message, and he will contact you and call you back, or I will give you his phone number, and you can call him. And he would love to pray with you. He'd love to hear from you. So God bless you. Remember this. God loves you. And we here at Lonesome Road Ministry and Orchardville Church, we love you too. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. Crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree 
Been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. 